This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson will join us with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Payless Shoes announced it's closing all of its North American stores and has wound down its e-commerce operations too. And while it has worked diligently with its suppliers to best position itself for the future, the company said that after deliberation, it decided to file for Chapter 11 protection in the U.S. and commence similar proceedings here in Canada. As part of the process, the company has made the decision to close all of its stores in the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico. For current customers, the company said it is looking for authorization from courts in both the states and Canada to continue to honor customer gift cards and store credits until March 11th and to continue to allow return returns and exchanges of non-final sales purchases made before February 17th up until the 1st of March. However, the company has already discontinued its rewards program and terminated all outstanding merchandise coupons in North America effective immediately. Payless was founded in Kansas in 1956 and has 248 locations here in Canada. Post-secondary students will have a reduced student loan burden as of this week, as the provincial government has eliminated interest charges on all B.C. student loans effective immediately. Announced as part of this week's 2019 B.C. budget, the government is investing rather $315 million in this fiscal year to allow for these changes. Its estimated student borrowers will save an estimated $22 million in interest payments on their loans in the next school year. That'll be 19 and 20. According to the provincial government, the average undergraduate borrower has $11,200 in BC student loan debt on graduation. But when you factor in the federal loan portion, the total student loan debt averages out to about 28000 bucks. The NDP says the elimination of the interest on the provincial portion of the student loans will reduce over 2000 bucks. They say around 2300 in borrowing costs over a 10-year repayment period. Interest on BC student loans was previously charged at prime. A little anxiety relief, a little for those who have to pay those loans, effective immediately too. A Tesla story for you today. Their top lawyer is leaving the company after only two months on the job. He's uh, going back to work in private practice in Washington. His name is Dane Butswinskis, and he says he'll work for Tesla as a consultant outside. No reason for departing. He'll be replaced by an eight-year veteran who had been vice president of legal. The former lawyer, the two-month guy, said he has tremendous confidence in his replacement and the management team. He's the latest in a long line of top executives to depart the California electric car and solar panel company. Last month, Tesla announced their chief financial officer would retire on his second attempt at doing so. The second half of the story, Tesla is preparing to launch a leasing program soon for the Model 3 in an effort to boost demand, according to a report from Electric, who noted that Tesla sent an email to employees this week in order to tell them they'll be able to lease the Model 3 within the next two weeks. Now, Tesla officials denied the short time frame, but did say the leasing option will be in place 
place very soon, and the email was just to make sure workers will be ready for increased demand. And another reminder here about using 911, which is for actual emergencies only. Please. This time from the Mounties in Manitoba, where less than a week ago, the provincial police force received a 911 call from a man asking where he could rent a Zamboni for an upcoming hockey tournament. Quote, we understand that in Canada, this could be an emergency to some. However, this is not a valid reason to dial 911. Close quote, say the Manitoba Mounties. The story in the Daily Hive did not mention whether the caller was charged or not, but it may qualify one of the more Canadian 911 calls of the year already. Actual emergencies only. Please. Those are some more of the top consumer stories we're tracking this week, and we'll look at a couple more later in the hour as well. Coming right up, John Carlson with a fresh look at Vancouver real estate and lots more on the 1% Realty story. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you're on 980 CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, welcoming back John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, to the program from 1% Realty. Hi, John. Hey, Sterling. Great to be here again. Good to have you back with us on this, uh, well odd weekend in February. Uh, let's take a look at the Vancouver real estate situation around Metro Vancouver from Point Grey all the way out to Abbotsford. And you know, it's a lot of gloom in the, in the papers and online about uh, the Metro Vancouver scene, especially for the first half of the year. So talk to us about your impressions of where we're at right now, and then we'll take a look at all this negativity in the media. Well, I've read predictions all over the map, quite frankly. Um, but I think you're referring to some of the, you know, I think the feeling out there sometimes is that the market market has pulled back, which it has. Sure. And uh, when you see the statistics for, say, January, I think it was the slowest year in terms of sales in the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver in 10 years. So mm-hmm. I think sales were down 40% over the year prior. But we have to remember, we're comparing to some pretty stellar years. And I think it's only natural that when there's a shift in the market and maybe financing rules change and all these other things we've discussed, that some buyers step back and they take stock. What am I doing? Is now the right time for me? And I think that the questions like that have been on buyers' minds. However, I can tell you that I've been very busy from January and and the month of February. Um, You know, it's not a slam dunk getting a listing, uh, getting an offer on a listing anymore necessarily because buyers are more selective and the numbers are down a bit. But I really do see people, you know, jumping back into the game. Interest rates are still low. The sky hasn't fallen. That's right. Both the American and Canadian central banks put a hold on interest rate increases in just the past couple of weeks. So there's a little stability even coming out of that. There is, yes. And I think that, you know, over time, as the sky doesn't fall, that more people will be looking and jumping into the market. We're still in February, so it hasn't really sprung, if you will. March, April, May are kind of big spring months. But having said that, you know, the market is still in an adjustment period. It got awfully high. Some people say overinflated, and there have been some measures taken to bring some of the air out of that tire. And and I think that's a trend that will likely continue. Uh, however, I see a, a moderate, maybe a slow kind of a, a light kind of a letdown in the market here. And who knows? Maybe it all depends on what the buyers do. If buyers get a lot of confidence and they feel they want to jump into that market, they're going to gobble up the listings and hold prices solid or maybe even push them up. But on the other hand, if buyers step back and inventories pile up, right. sellers need to become more competitive. And then this kind of a ratcheting down of prices process that happens. So we're still waiting to see, but I think there's lots of positive signs. We're not in the heyday like we used to be. It's not a wild and crazy wild west real estate market now. It's a market where you have to present yourself well, you have to price well, you have to try to find out what your advantages are in the market, lead with those and attract 
the potential buyers that are out there because those buyers are a little more choosy and they're a little more willing to take their time than they have been in the past. Absolutely. And I think also, there, I wanted to ask you, because you're, you're right, uh, everything has slowed down. Uh, a lot of the comparison, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves in terms of we're X percent below where we were a year ago. That's sure. just math, right? But in terms of, of those people sitting on the sidelines and people especially trying to sell their houses, when we compare the pace at which selling takes place nowadays, John, yes. versus a year or two ago. Uh, in, in Two years ago, when everybody was right out of control and prices were heading to the stratosphere, uh, if you had a property for sale that was on market for more than, gosh, three weeks, that was somehow or another a penalty against you. Uh, well, what's this place lingering on the market for all that time for? Well, three weeks on market nowadays is just getting recognized. So what about that panic, though? that some people, some sellers are still going to feel, John, because it didn't go immediately. I put the sign on the lawn, I got a great agent, and, and it didn't sell overnight. What's going on? Well, that's part of the job of a good agent, I think, is to give your seller enough information so they can be informed, so they can be confident in whatever position they're in. Uh, you know, so I let people know, depending on what our pricing strategy is, we may or may not get a certain volume of showings or offers. I mean, I'm finding, quite frankly, even offer listings that are priced quite well, offers are coming in. Buyers are still being a bit conservative. And sometimes the job of a good agent is also to defend the seller's price and show a buyer why they might consider paying more than they've offered because buyers are a little bit timid right now. Right. But back to informing your potential seller, you don't want a situation where your seller's panicked if they haven't sold in three weeks because I don't think you're doing your job as an agent in that particular case. So, right. Uh, it's not all bad news. It's a decent market out there. If you want to be one of the competitive listings and you want to market yourself well, and you know, hopefully you've got a good agent working for you who can help stick handle through the process, uh, but you can be successful and it depends kind of on your segment as well. The higher end homes are a little bit more difficult because financing's tougher, right. but even these homes are selling. So um, look at the situation that you're in, look at the dynamic, and then make a decision in terms of how motivated you might want to be, how competitive you might want to be. And based on that decision, then you can decide if you want to be uh, you know, in a hurry, or if you want to wait and just wait for that right offer, because sometimes you know we're the times on the market right now are not crazy; they're just going back to more what they used to be. Uh, well, exactly, and and that's why I was using the basis for comparison to the incredibly high, fast-paced uh, activity levels that we've seen in this marketplace over the last couple of years. And for a house, a property to be on the market for a month or two is pretty typical, pretty darn normal. But of course, in this market, if it was on for two days, some people started to panic. And it's not that, that same market anymore. And, and people, I think not everyone in the marketplace understands that yet. True. And there is a silver lining for most people in that as well. Sure, you might not get as much as your neighbor got, you know, eight months ago or right. whatever when the market was hot. But on the other hand, there are a lot of stories out there of people in the hot market who said, you know, hey, it was great. I had all these showings. I got over list price. But then when it came for me to buy my next home, we kind of had to settle for something. It wasn't quite right, but we had to jump at it. So a lot of people, when they're selling, are buying again. Mm-hmm. And I think, quite frankly, it's a better market if you're buying and selling because you can take the time to get the right property. You can, you know, it's not as rushed, and you have a little bit more time to maybe compare against a, a bigger inventory of listings. So selling and buying, you can do both. It's just recognizing the environment you're in and making a plan that that fits your needs and the environment, and focusing on that plan and pushing it forward. I guess in timing, this is where the uh 
the experience and uh, sage advice of a good agent comes in. Because the, the, you're right, a lot of sellers are looking to sell and buy somewhere else, move along, downsize or whatever, more kids, the whole, all the excuses in the book. But what you don't want to do is get caught between having sold your property and not having bought the next one or having bought the next one before having moved the first one. And suddenly you're paying, well, you're paying two mortgages. Yeah. And really when you're buying and selling, it comes down to usually money and timing. So that's where a good agent can help direct and, uh, and help, make you, help you make a good decision when the offers do come in. Uh, one of the groups of people that we hear from on this program uh, with respect to John Carlson and the 1% realty business model and approach to selling and buying property, most of the people that we've heard from, uh, clients of John's, are people who have, have been helped by John to sell their property. But on the program today, we have one of those people. We'll hear from Bill a little later on. But on the program today, we've got a, a couple of words from Leah, who is a buyer, and I believe, John, a first-time buyer. And here's what Leah had to say about working with 1% Realty and John Carlson. Yeah, uh, in the time that we've known John, he's always been um, just so easy to be around. Um, he's hilarious, and we knew that uh, we would have a good time going through this process together. Um, he has such knowledge with the market and everything, and um, he went over in great detail with us. Um, as to what to expect, and um, so we knew we were in, in great hands with him. We knew working with John was, um, you know, the, the top priority for us. We it was more of just having him on our side than than the commission. Yeah, we definitely trusted John, um, and and that was a big thing for us. Um, we knew he would find us the house that we absolutely love, um, and you know, would make the process very easy for us. Um, and, and that's exactly what he did for us. Um, he was always in communication with us, which is what uh, we definitely wanted. And uh, yeah, there's no question, you know, like no regrets or anything going with John. You know, we can tell John loves what he does and uh, that is his main priority, finding the place that, um, you know, we will love and, uh the commission for him and just, you know, the money is not on his mind either. Well, there's Leah, a first-time buyer who uh, was very pleased with the service. I think a lot of her remarks, John, boil down to excellent service. Tell us a little about Leah and, and the property that you helped her buy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you, Leah. Uh, it's actually Leah and Jonathan. Jonathan, uh, you know, maybe uh, at work, something like that, but nice young couple. This is out in Maple Ridge, first-time buyers. And, you know, it, when, it's funny, as I was listening to her, I thought, you know, when I'm asked to represent a first-time buyer, this is a huge decision, mm -hmm. buying your first property. No I mean, kidding. You don't want to make a mistake. You're scared of maybe making mistakes. You want to be prepared. You want somebody on your side. So I, I'm glad that I helped them have a little bit of confidence and go forward. But it's almost like being asked to be, you know, like the godfather of somebody's new son or something. Or, you know, I mean, it, it's a big deal. So to hear that they're happy, uh, Leah, thanks very much. And Jonathan, it was great working with you guys. Um they found a place that I know they're very happy with. House, condo, what'd they buy? 
well, this is a, actually a half duplex. Oh, okay, perfect. And, uh, yeah, great spot, and uh, it, it, it really was one of those deals. In fact, it was one of those rare uh, multiple offer situations because it was a very good listing, and it went very, very quickly. Uh-huh. So we were on top of it, and, and I'll also say that uh, Leah and Jonathan very much on top of it. When you're a first-time buyer, you want to be prepared. And even before I came along into the situation, uh, you know, they had, don't want to say too much about them, but, you know, there's the, there's the RSP program. Sure, for of course, buyers, of course. Yeah. All these things that you want to take advantage of if you can as a first-time buyer. So they were very well prepared, very smart, very on the ball. They knew what they wanted. So in that way, they were fantastic clients to work with. And they're also just just great people. So I'm known as a guy who, you know, go to johnny1percent.com. I'm, I'm known as a guy who'll sell your house and save you a ton of money right. while still providing top-level service and, and results and that sort of thing. But in, in this case, these were people that came to me to to help me buy, help have me help them buy a property. Right. And I do that as well. So if people are looking uh, and they're buyers and qualified buyers and they want the representation of a good agent who knows the market and will be very straightforward with them, I invite you to give me a call. Well, you know, as Leah said, uh, the commission, the lower commission rates, of course, didn't buy, didn't they didn't mind that part at all. But what what it mattered the most to to Leah and Jonathan clearly was trust. John, yes. they trusted you with their first time adventure right. into into the housing game. And you know, and, it, and of course, in this marketplace, it's also seriously expensive. You're talking about a lot of yes. money, no matter where you go. So all the more reason to have complete confidence and trust in the person who's your your point man or point person on all of these transactions. And I think you've got to earn somebody's trust, of course, and demonstrate that you're on their side and you understand that you're representing their interests. And that's what I do. When it comes to commission, of course, the buyers, they didn't pay any commission. Commission's offered by sellers on MLS listings. So they didn't have to pay anything, of course. And that didn't really factor in it with us. But again, I'm known as that guy that saves people commission. In this case, I think, uh, you know, I was just lucky to be involved with such a nice, young, prepared couple as Jonathan and Leah. And I'm sure they're going to have many good years in that property. Excellent. Well, we should also point out to our friends, I should point out to our friends listening, John, because you won't. Uh, John is, again, uh, in 2018, a member of the President's Club. That is the top 1% of all realtors in the Metro Vancouver Fraser Valley area. It's not his first time in that elite group of realtors. And uh, so congratulations again. I, I know the scroll has yet to arrive, uh, but uh, when it does, bring it down and, and show it off to Ben and me. Yes. Because it's, again, it's something you earn. You don't get these awards and recognitions from your peers because you're a good guy. You, it, that's part of it, but you earn it through the trust and confidence display by those dozens, if not hundreds of clients. Sure. And the real estate's the kind of job where the more you do, the better you get at it too. So, I mean, it's, it's good to be in a position where I have good clients to work for. I can tell you that. And a good website doesn't hurt either. And he's got a good one, friends. We're going to take a break for the news here. And during that, if you want to just pop over to the old uh, computer and uh, dial up johnny1percent.com or johnny1percent.ca and have a look at the website. It's, it's very comprehensive. It's full of good tips. And there's a grid about halfway down the home page that uh, includes, well, the commission rates charged by other realtor companies. And we'll get into some of those details in our next segment, but versus the 1% realty commission rate. And it's all right there as plain as a nose in your face in black and white. The amount of money, serious, your money, you get to keep all right there in the middle of the homepage at johnny1percent.com. 604-612-0080. That's Mr. Carlson's number. Write it down. 604-612-0080. Lots more on Vancouver Consumer after the news.
And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW. Nice to have you along with us this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. Across the desk from me in studio is John Carlson from 1% Realty and Johnny1percent.com or .ca. Pick one and head to the internet. It's a great website. And John, just before the news break, I was talking about that plain as the nose on your face grid in the middle of the homepage at Johnny1percent.com. And it, uh, let's take, uh, this is right here. It's just, there are three. Three columns, actually four, your property, 1% realty, most other brokers, and the all-important fourth column, the savings, John. Right. And let's, let's let me just grab a, a random number here. And this is a pretty typical, in fact, I did a story on the show last week. Uh, the worst place to buy a house for a single income, single person in Canada, Vancouver. Average house price, $1,020,000. The uh, best place for a single person, single income to buy a house in Canada, Regina. Average price, $285,000. But you have to live in Regina. <laughs> so let's take a look at a million-dollar home, because that's the average house price in Vancouver, sure. calculated as recently as a week ago. Right. So a million-dollar is the selling price of a home. You go down to the to middle of johnny1percent.com, and you find the $1 million column for your property. Next column is the 1% realty commission fee on a $1 million home, John, is $10,960. Eleven grand for round numbers, sure. right? Yes. Now, typically, uh, the fees charged by other realtors, and you can get into those numbers in a second. But uh, so, if it's uh, eleven thousand commission on a one million dollar home at one percent, what do the other guys charge? How about just a whisker under thirty thousand? So the net savings to you by working with a pro like John Carlson is just a whisker under nineteen thousand of your own dollars. You get to keep. Sure. And I've worked with many sellers who've saved that kind of money. and uh, That's a million-dollar home. That's yeah. really average nowadays, isn't it? Well, it is. And, yeah, there's all kinds of properties out there, two million, one million, half a million. You're going to save money no matter what compared to the majority of the, my competition when you work with me. Sure. And I will say, you know, not all not all commissions are the same. We're comparing against the 7% of the first 100000 and two and a half of the balance, which, right. which is predominant. When I was at other companies years ago, I used to charge those commissions, and, and that's fine. People can do what they want. Uh, but the 1% business model, you know, at 700 and above is 1% plus 950. Uh, I also offer some at-cost social media campaigns and 3D mapping and stuff that my clients take advantage of. Half the commission is offered out to a buyer's agent, and sometimes that buyer's agent wishes to try to renegotiate. So sometimes I have a further negotiation, or sometimes I'm in a position where I defend my seller's position on commission. But the good news is this. Commissions don't sell properties. Right. Uh, if you are positioned well on MLS, you have good descriptions, good photos, good marketing. People are aware of the listing. You have someone who can Again, stick handle, walk, you know, pick through the leads and, and, and produce those offers for you. That's really what matters because once a buyer likes your property enough to write an offer, commission's not an issue for them. What they want is the best price and the best terms they can on the property they, they have. And a seller wants to get the best price and terms. So by offering a more affordable commission to sellers, I really make it easier for that seller to sell the property and to net more money in their pocket. So these are the things that that one percent realty can offer maybe that a lot of others can't and, and it's not just us i mean you hear these things in the in the news of american internet companies coming over oh, and I, I offering am. to you know set you up with a team of agents and maybe you pay them a salary and maybe a virtual realtor oh how well, handy can that be there's all kinds of business models out there okay but when i look at the cost of it i mean and hey you might say that i'm biased but i've been doing this for eight years a little over eight years eight and a half years at one percent realty i've sold over 500 houses in that time at one percent realty 
And I can tell you it works. And I, I see people over and over and over and over again saving significant amounts of money. Sure, yeah. Like I sometimes joke uh, to, to friends of mine that, you know, you see those old TV shows and what these people will do for $10,000. They'll put something in a blender and drink it down. You know, it's funny. But all you really have to do is when you sell your house, list with me and you're going to save some good money compared to the competition. So it is a real thing. We are legitimate. We're strong. We're out there in the market. I'm not the only agent. Go to the 1% Realty website. There's lots of realtors throughout. I also help place, uh, you know, sometimes people call me from out of town, Vancouver Island, sure. and they say, yep. hey, do you have an associate here? And yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I can sell your house here and coordinate a purchase on Vancouver Island, vice versa. So really, I think, again, I might be biased, but I think that the 1% business model is the best model. Uh, in terms of saving money, but especially when you work with somebody like myself who's got a lot of experience, you're not sacrificing anything. You're not working with some green behind the ears, new, you know, wet behind the ears newcomer who right. doesn't really know anything. Who's, who's taking a pay cut just to get his feet wet, right? This was a business decision right, I made. Right. And I do a lot of volume and, you know, I do quite well in business and I love it. So I'm available to work for any of you out there if you want to. And really, I suggest you look into the 1% business model. Go to my website or even feel free to give me a call after the show. All right, johnny1percent.ca or johnny1percent.com will get you to Mr. Carlson's website. But as long as we're talking about biases, John, uh, let's discuss some of the more popular biases in the marketplace, consumer biases here on the Vancouver Consumer Show. And we've gone through this before, but it bears repeating. We have uh, been extremely well-educated as consumers to understand that if you're going to pay less, it's likely that you're going to get less. That's that's a, a fairly common conditioning reaction. Right. So when you're approaching uh, a potential client with a property that's worth, let's say, seven figures, uh, and, and this person is asking you, because you get this all the yes. time. So, okay, I, I'm, I'll be happy to keep the extra money that I'm going to save in commissions, but what am I giving up right. in terms of service and representation that that 1% costs me? That's right. And I can totally relate because, you know, hey, I'm a consumer out there in all kinds of areas and I always want the best deal. And I could be skeptical if something seems too good to be true. And so I do get that question a lot. Like, what might I be missing? Or, uh, you know, sometimes people think it's a false savings that, hey, we're advertising this price, but it really doesn't work. And so you end up paying more or you don't sell. And there are other agents who want to defend their position and their commissions. And maybe, you know, maybe they compare ours unfavorably in some way because we charge less commission. Right. But I can tell you that, you know, after what, this is my 23rd year in the business and probably a thousand sales or more in my career, that the commission doesn't really enter into the equation very often. Sometimes a buyer will, will say to their agent, hey, you know, uh, on this deal, you're making $5,000 and you would have made 10 or 15. I'm going to allow you to negotiate a little better commission. They might ask for it in an offer. But a seller can also negotiate. And what I say to my sellers is if, if you're in a position like you were saying, Sterling, where you were quoted $30,000 by, by this other agent to sell mm-hmm. your home, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm 11 or 12, and some agent comes along and asks for an extra 5000 so you go to 16 or 17 instead of, instead of 30, I tell my people, look, this may happen, but if we get a win, we want to get a win. We right. want to get you the top price. We don't want to sacrifice that. We want the price, the terms that you want. But you can achieve that and still save a heck of a lot of money in commission compared to what a lot of other agents charge. And the reason for that is the real estate business model is one that has allowed agents to survive doing relatively few deals because commissions have gotten quite big with prices going up. Of course. So if you can be an agent who is always you know, in the thick of things and working, you don't have to collect as much per, per deal because you're making more deals happen. And that's really where I'm coming from. So I'm a steady worker. I keep busy. I do a lot of transactions, but I treat each 
client individually and I give them the best possible service I can. And as a result, my business is easy. People call me all the time. Hey, you sold my neighbor's house. My brother said call you. So the 1% business model, when you combine the savings and the expertise, that's really the sweet spot. And that's what I offer at Johnny 1%. And the other concern, I think, and you, you alluded to this quite briefly a moment ago, the other concern, again, a legitimate consumer concern, John, might be that uh, you spoke about other realtors who charge other commission rates, usually more expensive ones. Uh, and because they would stand to earn less personally on uh, on a deal involving one of your properties, right. uh, would be uh, would be inclined to perhaps not bring that property to the attention of their clients uh, because, well, you know, I'm not going to make enough money of my own, so I'm being a little selfish here, and we'll just look at the next property on the next street instead. Great. Great. That's, uh, these are the kind of things I get, and I love that, Sterling. Well, first thing I'd say to that is, you know, agents are ethical people. By and large, what I've seen, when you have a client as a buyer, you represent their interests, and you have a duty to show them all the properties. Also, it's quite nice that it's impractical to suggest an agent might avoid a property because buyers know about the property. Well, I was going to say, it's a little matter of the internet here now, isn't there? Yeah. So people know about the properties, and if they're looking at a certain price range in a certain area, and you're in there, they're going to find you. Uh, so, so really, I mean, does that really enter into the equation? Sometimes I have agents that ask to renegotiate commissions or ask for a top-up in an offer, and that is something that I can bring to my sellers for consideration. But right. oftentimes the sellers, you know, they've already got the buyer three-quarters of the way in the bag if they're writing an offer. It's just about price and terms, so we can negotiate those sorts of things. The idea, again, is to get the win for the client, and that would be a proper sale first and foremost with the right prices, but also saving you money. And that's, again, where the skill comes in. Now, last half hour, we heard from uh, Aaliyah, who is a buyer that John helped buy uh, a home, their very first home. So it was a real high-energy, very intense kind of uh, situation, and they were just thrilled to have you as their agent. Uh, Now we're going to hear from Bill, and Bill has had John's help very recently in selling a property. Here's Bill. Well, just when you do the math on uh, what uh, realtor commission fees are and what you're selling your house for and how much houses are worth in the Fraser Valley, it just um, the amount of work that uh, it sometimes needed to be done, it just it didn't make sense. So we just we wanted to save money. We had had concerns um, from people saying that other realtors might not show your property or might might not show their um, buyers, the potential buyers of your property, just because their commission is also lower, but um, I don't I don't believe that was a problem at all. But even still, we were, we'd be willing to wait a little bit longer just to save the money, but I, in the way the market was, when we just sold our house, I don't think it made any difference. I'd say you're not going to get a lower quality of service. Um, we spoke with other realtors, we interviewed a few before John, and um, his level of professionalism and uh, due diligence was uh, very good, and he's really friendly, friendly, knowledgeable, per, knowledgeable person of the uh, market, um, um, and he, he used all the same tools that any other realtor does, MLS, his own website, um, open houses. Um, yeah, it was all, all exactly the same experience, <laughs> super nice guy, and got our house sold, and we saved uh, a lot of money. And there's Bill, and he mentioned the Fraser Valley with uh, selling a property. Tell us some details, John. Yeah, thank you, Bill. And Bill and Jesse. Okay. Uh, nice couple. Here's the funny thing. I've never even met Bill. We're planning to meet when he comes down. We're going to have lunch when he does come down. But he's up country. Uh, this was an investment house in Mission. So he had tenants there, and the tenants had moved out. And so I was given the you know the option to take the listing and sell the property. Uh, and he gave me a good product I could work with. And it, it we had a couple offers over the Christmas that were a little low. They didn't quite go. And then we got the right one and boom, it was done. So 
I'm very glad that he feels he saved money and he didn't sacrifice anything working with me. And I'm looking forward to meeting you, Bill. I'd love to repeat this process with anyone else out there who may have a home they're thinking of selling. Well, that's interesting. And again, of course, you mentioned the network that 1% Realty has. It's not just a Vancouver thing. It's a British Columbia company originally founded by a man named Ian Bailey, but it's now national. 1% Realty exists in all Canadian provinces. All across the country. We've got lots of great agents out in British Columbia, Alberta, all the way throughout throughout the whole country. So yes, any call me or go to our website if you're looking for a good agent who will save you money compared to most of the competition. 1% Realty is the way to go uh, because you're dealing with somebody who's local, a full agent, and there's no cutting corners. Right. And Bill mentioned that he had done his homework. Again, he was uh, out of town, so he had to do a lot of homework and and checked out uh, the competition as well and ultimately decided on going the 1% route. And clearly, you did uh, you did a good job for him, John. I think so. And he probably has 10000 or more dollars in his pocket than he might have had uh, working with somebody else. So that's always a good feeling. Too. It always is. Nothing wrong with hanging on to your money that's as right. long as you can. It doesn't last long anyway. John. Uh, any uh, new listings to tell us about this week? We're almost at the end of our chat. Goodness gracious, what where did that hour go? You know, I do have a brand new listing that just hit MLS. It's on the 17th floor. It's 1178 Hefley, which is right north Coquitlam, not far from Coquitlam Center. It's a one-bedroom and den. It's a corner unit, unit number 17. So it's near the Evergreen Line and it all is. of that transit stuff. Right there. And it's in the north corner, so it has a view of the mountains. It's beautiful. If you go to my website, johnny1percent.com, you'll see actually a 3D model tour there. You can walk through it. You can see the photos. That's the brand new listing. It's listed at 488. And uh, you can check it out. Give me a call. Email me. It's easy to see. All right. I'm just looking at the uh, the building, 1178 Hefley Crescent in Coquitlam. It's a nice looking building. And if I could add, rentals are allowed and this one's furnished. So in terms of an investor, you could just take it over. Bingo. It's done. Everything that's in the pictures can stay with, the, with it. So there's one good new listing. Interesting stuff. Is that happening more often these days? People looking to, to, uh, to, to as investment uh, opportunities as prices, again, come off a little bit? Well, I don't know about more often these days compared to last. But yeah, there are still investors out there looking for the right deals. I also have a house with a basement suite in Maple Ridge coming up uh, in the mid-sevens, and that'll be worth checking out. Call me if you're interested in that. 604-612-0080. Again, 604-612-0080. You can now actually call John because he's done on the radio. Thanks, John. We'll catch up to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Sterling. And we're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson of 1% Realty for another very informative visit. Next Saturday, we'll talk about the importance of a good night's sleep and how to improve your life by simply sleeping better on the right bed. Time now for Dooley Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at a local parking ticket fight. Thanks, Sterling. A BC man says he was shocked to receive a parking ticket recently, even though he had paid for his spot. Dale Laird had parked at an in-park lot at the downtown Vancouver Costco along Expo Boulevard. He says he paid $2 for parking at the ticket dispenser and proceeded to go shopping. He wasn't required to place his ticket on his dash. When he returned to his vehicle, Laird said he received a violation notice issued by in-park at 11.06 a.m. However, Laird had purchased his parking ticket at 11.05 a.m just one minute before he was slapped with an infraction. The patroller, didn't he see me parking the car? Didn't he see me walking away from the car? Or are, are they just oblivious to what's going on around them? Immediately, Laird says he contacted Impark. He mailed the parking management company 
a copy of his ticket, proving he had paid, and told Impark to look at the times and cancel the ticket. He says Impark did not respond. Two months later, Laird says Impark sent him a letter stating $85 would be going to a collections agency. Laird reached out to Global News for help. After contacting Impark on Laird's behalf, his parking violation was cancelled immediately. I am Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. Shopping for new office space around town? Not an easy job, is it? One of the reasons is Vancouver's office vacancy rate has fallen below 5% for the first time in a decade. The vacancy rate for the entire region is now at 4.5%, but in downtown Vancouver, the rate falls to 3.4%, with rentals going for over 50 bucks a square foot. So, off to the burbs, right? Well, okay, but Surrey office space is just as hard to find with a vacancy rate of just over 5% and no new supply expected until 2021. All those buildings in Surrey, they're all residential. Same for Burnaby where new projects like Soho around Brentwood are driving up demand. And in New West, another new development, the Anvil Center has kicked off a rush on office space rentals. So who's doing all the renting? Technology tenants make up over a third of the demand along with education and real estate projects making up the bulk of the rest. So good luck with that search. And as a guy who spent 10 years working with BC Lotteries, I love stories like this. A park ranger in New Jersey named Judith Smith, who works at the Staten Island Recreation Area and who was furloughed by the Trump government with no pay, took a long shot a few weeks ago and bought a lottery ticket. Well, guess what? She won 29 million bucks. Hear the lottery quote. After confirming they had the winning ticket for $29.5 million, this furloughed worker and her children began seeking legal and financial advice so they could file a claim for the New Jersey Lottery's pick six jackpot that would make them multimillionaires. Close quote. That's the official lottery blurb. Smart people, too, to take a moment and organize before rushing off to scoop that huge prize. And the discomfort of not being paid by Trump and company? I suspect that has disappeared. Way to go, Judith. And that is Vancouver Consumer for another Saturday afternoon, produced by Ben Dooley with Andrew Ferreira at the controls. We will be back again next Saturday afternoon at 2 and hope you join us then for a great conversation about sleep and how much better life can be with a good night's sleep on the right bed. We'll have some sleep experts in studio to take your calls. That is our program for today. The news is next on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.